I'm Mike Vardy. Starting an online business or expanding your physical storefront online has never been easier thanks to Shopify. This global commerce platform supports you at every stage of your business journey. From launching your online shop to managing a million orders, Shopify is there to simplify and accelerate your growth. It's not just about selling products. Shopify helps you manage every aspect of your business with their all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system. But that's not all. Shopify helps you convert visitors into customers with the best converting checkout process on the internet, which performs up to 36% better than other platforms. And now a special offer for my listeners. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash timecrafting, all lowercase. Whether you're just starting out or looking to scale up, Shopify is the perfect partner for your business. Managing passwords can be a real headache, right? Think about it. Every website requires a new password. Each one needs to be unique, secure, and somehow memorable. But there's a better way. Welcome to the world of 1Password, where your entire company can generate strong, unique passwords, store them securely, and access them across any device without ever needing a reset. Imagine never having to click Forgot Password again. With 1Password's award-winning design, managing passwords becomes a breeze for you and your entire team. It's trusted by millions, including top companies like IBM and Slack. Here's the best part. My listeners can try 1Password for free for two weeks. Right now, get your free trial at onepasswordcom slash ConVo. Secure your passwords and simplify your online security with 1Password. Are you a small business owner struggling to find the right talent for your team? I've been there, and I know how challenging it can be. That's why I recommend LinkedIn Jobs. It's not just any job board. It's a community where you can find professionals who are the perfect fit for your business, many of whom aren't checking other job sites. In fact, 70% of LinkedIn users aren't visiting other leading job sites, making LinkedIn your best bet for finding top talent. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can post your job and reach qualified candidates quickly. 86% of small businesses find a qualified candidate within 24 hours. And now... You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation. That's right, for free. Don't miss out on finding top talent. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation today. Terms and conditions apply. Meal planning is important because it prevents us from being a disappointed wreck when dinner time comes around and we have no clue what to make or even if we have the ingredients to make the meal. It's a time and a money saver, but most importantly, it frees up valuable brain space. Creating a meal plan prepares us for the week to come and gives us peace of mind that we're organized and can feed ourselves and our family. That's why I do it, and that's why Plan to Eat helps me do it. Your subscription includes access to the Plan to Eat website and fully featured mobile apps on iOS and Android, and Plan to Eat gives you the tools to clip and organize recipes from any website, the ones your family loves and that fit your dietary preferences and needs, and you can create a meal plan around your schedule. Then what happens is the Plan to Eat software automatically creates an organized shopping list based on your plan. So sign up for your free trial at plantoeat.com slash timecrafting. That's plantoeat.com forward slash timecrafting. The coupon will be automatically applied to your account and can be used when you're ready to subscribe. It's valid for new customers only. Give Plan to Eat a try today. And this is the Productivityist Podcast. (music) 
Welcome to the Productivityist Podcast. I am your host, Mike Vardy, and this week on the show, I have Ben Fanning joining me. He's a fellow World Domination Summit attendee, and he is also a person who is definitely uh, professing the need for better and progressive productivity. We talk about that on the show this week, as well as a whole bunch more. It's it's not the longest episode in the world, but it's definitely value-packed. So why don't we just dive into it? Here is my conversation with Ben Fanning here on the Productivityist Podcast. Enjoy. I'd like to welcome Ben Fanning to the Productivityist Podcast. Thanks for joining me, Ben. Yo, Mike. What's up? This, you know, what? it's awesome because we've we've been talking for a half hour now before we actually started recording, and someone's gonna yeah. say, "Why didn't you record that part?" I'm like, "Well, there's some cool stuff that that I wanted because Ben and I, um, you know, we've seen each other at a few of the WDSs. Uh, you've been to this is your fourth coming up, right? Yeah. All right. So, and this is my, I've been to every one, um, much to my wife's chagrin. Every summer she goes, well, I know you're going away for a week, uh, <laughs> but I Mike's come back. Mike's on the wall when you walk into WDS. <laughs> that guy, he's been there every year. <laughs> so it's awesome <laughs> because, so I wanted to talk to you today because um, one of the things that, uh, I mean, I've been following, we've been following each other for a while and I on your on your Facebook page, you know, when I, when I see your stuff pop up on Facebook, I love your videos that you're doing, and you talk about this this thing called the three steps to create a to do list that actually works. And your site, the Burnout Specialist, uh, which uh, BenFanning.com is your website, but I want to talk about burnout in a while because that's that's something that's near and dear to anybody who's trying to be productive's heart. But I saw that that video, I'm like, okay, Ben. What are the three steps to create a to-do list that actually work? <laughs> preach to the, like like preach to me as a productivity strategist. Tell me what it is, and uh, I yeah. really love. So I want you to share what it is because it's an acronym, yeah. and I'm a big acronym fan too. And then let's dive into that. Oh man, I'm 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 glad you're an acronym fan too. <laughs> yeah. So this, and you know, I I really respect the you know the ideas and tips and interviews that that you put out on the productivity list. I think it's a really useful website. And, you know, when you reached out about this process, I was on fire because I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get to share this because I I actually started this process for myself after years of frustration of to-do list where, you know, having that moment where you look down at your to-do list at 5 p.m. and you realize, oh my God, I did not get my most important work done. And then it kind of rolls over from one list to the next. And, where it really came in useful for me was I, my book is the quit alternative. And I tell people I almost quit writing that book three times because I just could not keep going. I'm like, I'm not having time. This is clearly my most important work, but I wasn't able to really find the time to do it. So I sort of played around with some different things and this is the process that really worked for me. So it's called, and and I call it pop because it's like popping your productivity or popping your to-do list. So if you're listening right now, find that to-do list on your desktop or on in your planner or wherever you happen to keep it. And you can apply these different things. And even if you apply just one of these ideas to your to-do list, you will become more effective. So the first one is priority. Okay. So pop P O P it's priority. And then the O stands for outcome. And then three is the trickiest one I would say. And that's the physical action. Now I think most to do lists, including my own for the longest time, uh, misses like they miss all three of these or two of these, or maybe just one of them. So try applying one of these. So I'll quickly roll through them and then we can talk about it. But the first one is priority. So 
what really needs to get done first? If you're like me forever, I've got a list of all these different things that I need to do. And, you know, which one really needs to come first? And so as you think through that, I like to think through it in two different ways. And if, and if you're an entrepreneur or if you're working in an organization, you can still use these when it comes to priorities. So the first one is what's most important to you. And then Stephen Covey circles, you know, he talks about which one's urgent. In other words, where's the fire burning? And then which one is the most important? So just to sort of think through that. And I think where people get tripped up, though, is you might be able to identify on your to-do list what's most important for you. Like for me, in that case, it was finishing the book project. But then you've also got to consider what's important to your organization or your manager or your, or your big customer that you're doing your work for. So just scan your list and just circle one or two of those. And I, I know that sounds really simplistic, but it, you know, I think sorting the 50 things on there down to and, and identifying which ones are most important can really make a huge difference and also starts to help you dig out of that feeling of overwhelmedness. Mm -hmm. And then the step, and then the second one is identifying what the outcome is. So, those things on your to-do list, it's so easy to start writing things down, but not really thinking about what you're trying to get to in the process. Okay. And an example, a, a real recent example for me on, on this outcome thing was for months, I needed to upgrade the memory on my computer and I just wasn't getting to it. And I've got a computer that I, think I actually have to take it somewhere to get the memory upgraded. And, but I just wasn't doing it because I, it was seemed overwhelming. It was taking too much time out of the day. But when I translated that into the actual outcome that I wanted, which really wasn't upgrading the memory, it was Mike, it was to be more productive and have a faster computer. Mm -hmm. There's no totally. reason, you know, the, the thing should be taking, you know, five minutes, which seems like an eternity, uh, to actually turn on in the morning. So any, anyway, I translated that to, okay, what, so the way to, to do that is to just scan through your things on your to-do list and just say, okay, what am I actually trying to achieve? For example, is it to upgrade the computer or is it to make the computer faster? Is it to write a book or is it to get a message out in the world that I really want to share? You know, what, what is that? And one of, one of the things that I read somewhere along the way is, you know, when you can't figure out what to achieve and you're, and you're really getting overwhelmed with your list, just think about the outcome of what's the one thing I can do that's on this huge, massive list that will make everything else easier. And for me, obviously, in that situation, the computer was the big one because I do, just like you and a lot of the listeners, a lot of work on the computer and running at dinosaur speed uh, does not help my productivity. And then the last thing is, is probably the trickiest, as I mentioned, and that's the physical action. And it's so easy to write down things um, like in this other example, like upgrade computer memory. Yeah. And I didn't really even know really what to do. And so it just sat out there. It went from one to-do list to the next. And I mean, it was just forever. And then when I took this step, okay, what's my next physical step? I realized that my first physical step was not to upgrade my computer memory. It was to Google 
what kind of memory I actually needed. So the physical action, which I guess Googling is a, is a physical action. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You could probably correct me on that. But that, that one physical action was huge. Like, okay, I can at least take five minutes, Google what memory I need, you know, type in the bat on my, my identification number, or my, my serial number on my computer, figure out what the memory is. And then the second step was find the best place to buy the memory, which happened to be online, and then figure out if I could do it myself on the install or get someone else to do it. So just to make a long story short, when you get the next physical action, suddenly those abstract huge things that are hanging out there on your to-do list start to become much more manageable. And the huge project, you know, and what I discovered in that moment was that huge projects don't get done. It's actually the steps or the physical actions that do. And so translating whatever to-do list you've got out there in that way can uh, help you feel a lot more in control and confident and help you get a lot more done. Yeah. And I mean, that's what a lot of people don't do is they don't break it down to the smallest steps. So they'll put like write book down as the physical action. Well, okay. (laughs) Your brain will immediately, you know, repel that because it's it's like that seems too big and the brain wants to do the easiest work possible wants the path of least resistance so if you say write 2,000 words or 1,000 or whatever you feel is manageable for first chapter of book then that's going to be more manageable right so it's it's, next action step by the way in writing a book I found and I and I really screwed up a lot of them but writing down the word research like Mm -hmm. research uh, you know unemployment number, you know, or research productivity or, you know, anything like that is not specific enough (laughs) and it'll just sit out there because it's just too big and broad and it's never done. Yep, exactly. Now, priority, priority is tricky for a lot of people because they, they, they get confused with the term. And if you've read Essentialism by Gregory McEwen, um, he talks about the word priority. He says the word priority was never pluralized until you know recently because there was no such thing as priorities. <laughs> yeah, love it. It's 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 the the next thing is what priority really means. Like, what is the next thing? What is the next thing I need to do? So, this pop can also work. Yeah. Like, you can take this and apply it towards not just the day of the week, but you could apply it to a goal or a project in particular, or oh, even yeah. or even a meeting agenda if you really want to. Which I which I like that concept because it kind of mirrors a little bit about what I'm doing with the now year method, which ours is a little bit, I mean, there's some differences because I talk about mode based work, which is the idea of what, what state are you in? Are you in? Ah, yeah. Because your brain will always look for ways around stuff. It will always look for that capability to say, well, you could do this next, but you don't really feel like it. Well, yeah, but today, <laughs> but you know, okay, well, yeah. what, what do it? Facebook instead. Yeah, exactly. So you could say, okay, well, no, Facebook is when I'm in social media mode. Okay, well, if I'm going to go look on Facebook, if I'm going to give in to that, let me see what else I can do when I'm in social media mode. And then you see all those things that you can do when you're in social media mode. So, I mean, there's, there, there's that too. Now, do you... I mean, you came from, we were talking about this just before we started, you came from the corporate world, right? You came from the, and so how can somebody apply this when they're dealing with, I mean, you said an organization and I get that, but but a lot of businesses forget that even when businesses and personal productivity is, how do you help people take this pop, you know, idea 
and, and concept and use it in, in, in a way with like some of the tools that they might be using when they're trying to navigate the day job that they have as well as maybe the side project that they're wanting to build up, which is what clearly you and I ended up doing. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's a great question, Mike. Yeah. So I always start like if you've got, I mean, you're some people in organizations say that, you know, I, I can't work on that book project or I can't work on this side hustle or I'm not able to spend time with my family because of my boss or because of the demands of the business. You know, once I become an entrepreneur, life's going to be great again and I'll be able to control my own time. But there's always a competing priority because then you have clients. Yep. And so, you know, it's important to understand and get really, and the way I always start with the whole priority thing is how do you get clear? How do you get clear on what the priorities, if you're an organization, what are the priorities of your boss, right? Are they trying to meet a budget number? Is there like one important project that can't slip and is the hottest thing ever? Um, what is the most important thing to your, to your client? And I think a lot of people, you know, myself included, spend a lot of time guessing at what people's priorities are but never really clearly understanding what their highest priority is. And I think, you know, I, I love what you were talking about before about a priority being singular versus plural and everybody's got, you know, their highest priority. And I think as something that's really important to your success, you know, as, as a professional is spending, you know, getting well practiced at having those conversations to clarify what those, those priorities are and then learning, you know, and then taking and getting clear on what yours are and being able to communicate those and then going through and applying, say, the, the pop process. I mean, when I work with people on this, we spend so much time on just the priority. You know, what is a priority, right? Right. What is the thing that's, that just has to get done that's adding the most value? And it's probably not, you know, spending three or four hours on a blog post, right? It, it, it's probably investing that time in some other way for a client or even with your family. And unless you're, you know, willing to go that far to get clear, you're, it, you know, it's always going to be a battle. And I actually had a friend post on my Facebook page. I, I posted something about priorities this morning. And then she actually said, well, what if everything's a priority? Then nothing that, is. <laughs> right. Exactly. That was going to be my response. I'm like, well, <laughs> you have no priorities. Yeah, right? Merlin Mann has said that before. I think it's a great like when when everything is a priority, nothing is. That's basically what it boils down to. Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's you know I think that's a great place to start because um that's that's where you I think everyone starts when they're really looking at this. Everything is a priority. My family's a priority. My job's a priority. My business is a priority. Right, everything is a priority. And then when you realize, okay, that's that's the trap. Then you can start to see, you know, what, what is adding value? You know, what are my personal values? And then you can kind of start from there. And then once you're through that first step, then you can start thinking about outcome and physical action. One of the exercises I do when I'm in organizations is I talk about the, something called the win trifecta. And, um, when frustrated employees, get sort of upset, you know, they want to go to their boss and start asking for things like, you know, or that or complain, you know, I don't have enough time. I'm, I'm overloaded with work. I don't, you know, my, I don't like my job. I don't, you know, there's a lot of complaints can start to emerge, 
But I, I usually say, whoa, 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 let's think about the winter trifecta because are you are you familiar with horse racing? Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. They have that in Canada, right? I'm we assuming. do. We 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 do let our horses race. <laughs> okay, all right. Even in the snow, even though it doesn't snow where you are, doesn't know where I uh, am. But yes, absolutely. <laughs> Somewhere, but it, so that whenever you place a trifecta bet, you pick the top three horses. But what's important in that isn't. It doesn't just stop at picking the top three horses. You have to guess them in order, right? You have to put them in an order. And in the organization, it's easiest to think about the priorities of the organization first, then your boss, then you. Think about it in that order and what their priorities are. Then craft your request or or, or then put forth your proposal. So you're making sure that you understand those and you speak to those before you start with me. And I think, uh, I think it's easier for employees to start the other way around. Right. And that often, I think that decreases their, their likelihood of probability. And this happens to work really well, by the way, for entrepreneurs (laughs) and their clients. So I want to talk to you about burnout because I was just actually talking to a coaching client. And uh, they've been on the go. And actually, to be fair, so have I. This, I'm working on a product release as we're recording this. And, uh, and it's it's been go, 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 fast, 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 now, now, now. And we all end up having those those moments. And I mean, I, I'm pretty good at, at you know pro- making sure that the right things are getting done at the right time. And heck, I'm, the product's revolving around a methodology that, <laughs> that does that. So I better be. But but burnout is, yeah. is a big problem and and I want to get some thoughts on you and on how especially when you're going from that transition of I am working for a larger organization and now I want to become an entrepreneur and how do I balance you know how do I how do I make that shift how do you prevent burnout along that path as well as most people and we talked about this earlier most people who once they become entrepreneurs, they're going to have all the freedom in the world to do whatever they want. And I start laughing as you do because it just means you work harder. It's just, yeah, yeah you, you're not, you, you are earning the paycheck because you don't expect the paycheck. So how do you, how do you teach people and, and how do you help people? Maybe just one tip or a couple tips when they're transitioning into that. So they're trying to, you know, deal with family life and work life and their side hustle life. And then when they are, their side hustle, hustle becomes their main thing. How do you keep them from, you know, just going until they can't go anymore. Well, one of the things it's really important to do is to practice separating what you do from who you are. Mm-hmm. Because as long as those are intertwined, it's, it's, it's a seriously dangerous business. And most entrepreneur efforts, well, not most, but, but many, I would say, are sort of uh, personal in nature. <laughs> you know, like... Right. You've got a passion for something and you really like it a lot and you, you know, you start really, um, attaching yourself to the outcome. And I'm just talking about this because I know it really well. And this, this applies to careers too, you know, working for organizations. Mm -hmm. So it's to start to recognize, you know, what that, which you invest your time in is important, but also to think about, you know, how you are outside of that. And to diversify yourself a little bit personally, you know, have things outside of work that, um, that are nurturing for you and supportive. And one of the things I I like to to talk to people a lot about is, and this is something um, I picked up 
you know, early on that was really transformative for me. And it was from our mutual friend, Scott Densmore, mm-hmm. the late Scott Densmore, um, in that, you know, you, and, and he sort of, I, I think was inspired by Jim Rohn on it, but you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Yeah. And look around at, and I honestly, I like to look around at my friends and people I was hanging out with and working with and where they burned out. Right. And if you're trying to pull or on the verge and if they're all burned out, <laughs> it's going to be really tough for you not to stay in that yourself. And it's not really a tip or trick necessarily. It's just a, it's just to be being thoughtful about, you know, are you being around people that are energizing to you? And we talked about WDS and, you know, when you go to an event where the people there are inspired, they're passionate, they're investing themselves, but they also are doing a great job of taking care of themselves in the process. It's much easier to find yourself more energized and more inspired and out of that, out of that burnout trap. I mean, it's so funny at WDS. I mean, they've got races, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's probably a little edgier than most conferences, but I mean, they've got like the races, the challenges, you know, lots of fun stuff scheduled outside of just the working part. And it's a really nice balance. And so those are a couple of things that I would recommend for just starting points for people to make sure that they're taking that into account. And then the other thing, and I'll give one more tip mm-hmm. is it's, it's easy to talk about work-life balance. And I tried to balance everything for years and really started allocating times in the day for my family and for work and this and that. But what I found was something much easier that I stumbled upon, which was work-life integration. Mm-hmm. And instead of thinking about it in terms of a balancing act, finding creative ways to bring that together. I mean, I, how this showed up for me, man, for years is I would not talk about, uh, work at home. Right. I talk about family at work. I mean, I did not do that. I did not mix the two. And in fact, my wife called me out on it one night cause I had two phones, one for my personal calls on my cell phone and one for like my, my client calls. And a client called me at home and this is when I was in Manhattan um, in, in sales. And it wasn't a client that I had a very good relationship with. And I, w- we were in this big debate on this deal. And then I hung up the phone and I looked at my wife and she said, who was that? And I'm like, oh, well, that was so-and-so client down, down in, in, in Midtown. And she's like, no, who were you when you were on the phone? Ah, because she, she's like, I didn't even recognize you. Listen to you, t- the way you're talking to him. And it just, it wasn't nice. It was, it was just like, even it had a different accent. Of course, I'm from Alabama living in New York, so that might have to do it. <laughs> but, but really, I, work, I think we work so hard sometimes, um, no matter what workspace we're in, it, keeping those worlds apart. And part of the magic, I think, and sort of burnout proofing yourself, or if you are burned out, starting to come out of that is to start to find ways to bring those worlds together. Even if it just starts with maybe introducing a work friend to a family friend mm-hmm. or vice versa, or just starting to share some of your successes in both worlds. Like if your kid had a great day at school and achieved something, share that with the people at work or with your clients. 
Um, if, and, and you can, you know, if, if something great happens at work, share it with your family at home. It doesn't have to be like, I got promoted today or I landed my biggest deal ever. You can just share something positive. Like, Hey, I had a great, uh, podcast interview with Mike Vardy and it's going to be awesome. And I want to share that with my family tonight. And so you can kind of see how these worlds start to come together and can become mutually supportive. I think now is a good time to, to wrap up. Uh, so Ben, I, I definitely want to have you back on the show to talk more about focus. Um, you know, I know that because that's an Let's area that you're passionate about. Uh, and so we will definitely have you back on the show because, uh, you know, there's lots of cool things to discuss, but where can people find you? Uh, you've got the book, of course, which we'll put in the show notes, the quit alternative, the, the blueprint, the, <laughs> the blueprint for creating the job you love without quitting, which, which fits really nice with some of the stuff that Cal Newport's written and all that. So it, it's funny. I, I, like, again, I've just spoken with, um, uh, you know, recently we talked to Scott Barlow for Happened to Your Career. I've talked oh, to, yeah, all right. Yeah, we've talked to Cal Newport. So, I mean, there's some real alignment here. And I think a lot of people don't realize that they, they, can, they can build what they really want without, you know, without, without um, again, without burning out, you know, without putting themselves in a position where, they, where they're going to really struggle. And forward by our mutual friend, Chris Brogan. So that's pretty awesome, too. Yeah. So people can find you where? Where can they find you online so they can connect with you? Yeah. So go to benfanning.com. And, you know, I've got some resources there, including I have a, I have a report called The Catastrophic Cost of Quitting. And I, if you're thinking about quitting your job, um, or you're an employer and thinking about firing an employee, make sure to look through this document because um, there, you know, I walk you through how to calculate your personal cost or the cost of the organization of that employee leaving. And sometimes instead of quitting, it's better to uh, follow a couple of key steps and sort of reinvent the role you have and start to be, be the change right there versus going somewhere else where the grass may or, or may not be greener. And you can pick up the book on Amazon too. And you're uh, Ben Fanning one at Twitter, correct? Ben Fanning one at Twitter. That's right. Awesome. That's awesome. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Thanks so much for joining me on the show today, Ben. It's been an awesome time. Yeah. Likewise, Mike. There you have it. Uh, a great conversation once again with Ben Fanning. I'm looking forward to having him back on the show. And if you are uh, interested in hearing more of the conversation or getting additional content, you can become a Patreon supporter of the show. We talk about uh, our uh, late friend Scott Dinsmore on the show and the impact that he had on us. Uh, you can get that in the Patreon edition only. Head over to patreon.com slash productivityist. Look at all the perks. Decide what level of uh, monetary contribution you'd like to make and help support the show. We make the show better and better and better. Uh, if you're if you're not able to do that, then please just give the show a rating or review on iTunes. Uh, it helps me with the feedback make the show even better. That's it for this week's episode. Big thanks to John Polstra, my podcast producer for putting things together. Until next time, I am your host, Productivityist founder and productivity strategist, Mike Barty, reminding you to stop guessing and start going. Start going.